Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from the Outer Rim Beacon. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. My name's Justin, one of the hosts of the show here. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh, and I'm just, I'm just sitting here, standing here, existing, (laughs) looking at Kyle's muscly muscles on his big old traps, looking like Bill Goldberg, but not a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything to say besides that. (laughs) Uh, this is Kyle, and I appreciate that you threw in not a jerk. I like that. That's yeah, because I my... don't like Bo- Bill Goldberg at all. I'm blocked. Well, that's one of my favorite things about myself is that I'm not a jerk. I like that about me. Yeah. Kyle speaks the truth, man. That's all it is. Some people yeah. can't I'm take honest. It. <laughs> he's yeah, honest true um well welcome everybody glad to have you tuning in um if you're new to the show welcome if you've been listening for a hot minute welcome back it's yeah. like a if you, warm blanket if, and a hot cup of cocoa if you've been listening for a long time summer. i'm sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> why <laughs> um we we do have a, a little bit different of a show today um we do have a special guest on uh we do have uh dale harper on with us he is the, the uh, dale harper squad leader uh, of Arch City Squad here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, as part of the 501st. Dale, welcome. Hey, uh, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah thanks anytime, for coming. Man. We've, got, uh, we've got some questions and a little bit of an interview for Dale here, and uh, but he's more than welcome to jump in here and chime in on some of the news and notes we got. Um, Dale's actually in wh- studio, not even a call. Yes. In. Yeah. You love I mean, to if see you can it. call my office a studio, but... <laughs> When you're yeah, recording in it, it is. Out here too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's like on the other side of town. Like I had to like dodge some Jawas and some moisture farmers, man. It was like yeah. a little spooky there for it's a hot treacherous side. trip across Columbus. It is. It is. It is. Um we have a little bit of news, not much. Um Star Wars Celebration Europe merch now available at shopstarwarscelebration.shop.starwarscelebration.com. It is not sold out, but at the same time, I don't think anybody wants to shell out $38 for a t-shirt. Uh, quite a bit um, of it was sold out when I looked earlier today. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Just the good um, stuff. I, what? <laughs> That's only, like, didn't, didn't anybody buy the tea set? The, I don't even know what it was, like, two teacups and a pitcher or something like that, I think. so. Um, I believe they call that a kettle in the biz. Yeah, it was... Um, it was a little weird because I was like, who's buying a Star Wars tea set? Grandma's? I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> did you get know. a Star Wars tea set? I would love one. I mean, Dude, like, I'm a huge tea snob. It was in yeah. England. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Good point. Hello. I, I did not have the England money. Hello. Read, read the room, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still going back to I'm not paying $38 for a t shirt. Same. Uh, that's a little ludicrous. Um, and Luda. most of the other merch was gone. Pins, patches, anything like that that was anybody would want was pretty much gone yeah so um i don't know did you guys see the uh the apple announcement for apple vision pro have you guys seen seen this this? thing you heard about this yeah i saw it yeah okay so apple vision pro retails for thirty five hundred dollars sticker price brand new definitely gonna run out and buy that right away um but apparently they're gonna be yeah (laughs) 
you got a one to keep yeah, in the box and one one to, to break, display. one to use, whatever. <laughs> um, apparently, they're going to have some new Star Wars content coming to Apple Vision Pro Day One. It'll be interesting to see if anything is like remastered of current Star Wars stuff, or uh, is it uh, all new content, maybe behind the scenes stuff that's done for it. I don't know. Is it just um, garbage with Star Wars that. slapped on it to try and move some product? We'll find out. I don't could. <laughs> this the Star Wars headset. You know, I got one for you, real quick. Uh, have you guys ever played uh, what was it, Vader Immortal on a VR headset? Uh, there I was, did not get to it. Had, there was a celebration. There was celebration. a whole thing for it, but there was constantly like a four hour line. Yeah. So I did it once. Uh, a buddy of mine had it at his place, and it was it was interesting to see Darth Vader for the first time. And you know, being the Vader fanboy that you know we are, I'm like upset. They're like, oh, it's, that's Darth Vader, and of course he's, and being, he's trying like, to you know, chop Darth your head Vader, off. Yeah. Exactly. So a- after like the first initial meeting, like the dude walks away and he just runs away, and I'm just like, just blurt out like, "Add me on LinkedIn." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I didn't get to try it. Um, I'm afraid it would make yeah, me yeah, nauseous. We... I get motion sickness, and I do not want to vomit in a VR headset. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even see where the vomit was going in your yeah, own room with the headset. Of. Like, like you'd just yeah. be thrown up around your house somewhere. No, thank you. Um, we did get a little bit of. Uh, Ahsoka news, Ahsoka show news, Lars Mikkelsen recently did an interview with Empire um, on slightly changing the voice for Thrawn in the show. Uh, He stated, I'm not losing the voice, but I am tweaking it into live action. When you do an animated character, there's a whole melodious approach. When you're there as a real person, that would be just slightly too much. Hmm. How do we feel about this? I'm just gonna come out and say it like everybody was really scared of if they were gonna replace Thrawn with somebody else and the fact that they actually got the voice actor who is specifically known for the voice to do it I, I honestly I, I think he could he could do anything with that voice and it, it would be, be okay It'd be fine yeah yeah I'm not worried about it yeah I trust him uh it's a little weird to me that like we specifically hired the guy who already does the voice to do the character and he mm-hmm. came out and said hey I'm gonna change the voice like I guess you could have just hired almost anyone but I, I mean right. he's the pro I'm sure he's got a reason for it and I'm sure it'll be great oh yeah oh yeah I mean I think that's a big part of what makes that character who he is is that voice so I always you know, thought the cadence like- was kind of like either a chess thing or like a, his personality thing. You know, I never read that as like, that's an animated thing, but mm-hmm. what do I, I know? know? Yeah. 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 It, it could end up um, being one of those things where he's saying all of this, but then we, we wouldn't don't even, even notice it. Yeah. We wouldn't even necessarily notice it. Yeah. True. Very true. Um, autograph and I can't wait for him to be like celebration or something. Oh yeah. No, no. Well, he was in Europe. Hopefully, he makes it. Well, <laughs> when is there ever going to be years, a celebration that I get to go to again? From now, when it's not in Japan. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering if it's he has. Uh, if he's been inducted into the Legion yet. I don't know. I haven't seen. Um, we there's a whole. So there's a registry, right? Like a whole oh, yeah. Yeah. list of everybody that's been inducted into the 501st at this oh, point. Really? So, yeah. yeah. That's uh, honestly when uh, Rosario Dawson got announced at GalaxyCon last year. Um, one of the first things I did was check that re- registry to see if she had been inducted as an honorary member. It turns out she wasn't. 
and we were going to have the opportunity. Like that was her first convention yeah. appearance since she was announced as Ahsoka. And I messaged uh, our, you know, Garrison C. I was like, "So, uh, what are you doing in December?" Very so, cool. Yeah, we, we pulled that off. That was awesome. Um, cool. I missed the meeting though. That was the thing. It was like we had gone over to do it, and um, there she was signing autographs at the time, and it was just. And it took forever, but then she made her way back over to the booth on Sunday, which was pretty cool. So best yeah, celebrity all, like, sitting there. Greet yeah, I've ever had. She was, really? yeah, she was. I yeah, You've I done quite did a the autograph. Good. Um, well, you guys should have seen her when she came over. Uh, we were this was like the end of the con, and like we'd have been going doing this for like four days by now, mm-hmm. and you know we were just like running off on like you know cold coffee and stale donuts, and, and like we're just sitting like we're just sitting there at the booth, and then all of a sudden one of our guys comes over, it's like. You know, it's happening, it's happening. She's here, she's here. I'm like, who the hell are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, it, 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 Princess Leia's like, and then all of a sudden, you know, Rosario comes around mm-hmm. the corner. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know she was, that she was cool. She hung out with everybody. That's nice. That's her. Yes. Yeah. That is her. Um, no, she was super nice in person, Josh. That was a great recommendation on that, that meet and greet autograph. Yeah. So, highly recommended to anybody that's, that's going to any kind of con and she's there. Definitely take the time, get the autograph, do the photo op. It, it's a blast. So, um, we do have a new Star Wars video game, game coming out in 2024. Star Wars Outlaws. I think this it looks was pretty awesome. dope. Yes. Um, this it's the first um, open world Star Wars game. Think like what Grand Theft Auto, but with Star Wars. Essentially, um, it's uh, it's crime syndicate based. It's it's set between. Uh, what is it? Um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, right? I think it's between those two. Oh, I hadn't actually and heard you, of a setting, so yeah, whatever you yeah, said. Yeah, I didn't know about a timeline, but yeah. I just know it looks really um, cool. And you can actually watch like the first, like 10, I don't know if it's the first 10 minutes, but actual 10 minutes of gameplay on YouTube and check this thing out, and it is dope. Dale's yeah, you get to shock right now. <laughs> you get to you fly and do no, space I battles. I, it was set. I thought it was like I thought it was like set Mando thing. Oh yeah, no, yeah. no, no. It's um, I can't remember the character's name though. I don't remember. Her remember name. what her name was? And she's got a little I, I like her, yeah thing that runs around with her too. But well, doesn't she have like a like a gangster looking like commando droid like running around with her? She had uh, her pilot was a. Yeah, he's uh, one of the assassin uh, droids. Assassin yeah, droid. BX series. Yeah, it's uh, one of the assassin droids, and she, I think, is just kind of a mercenary for hire. I don't know if she actually works for one of the crime syndicates, but um, yeah, you can go to YouTube. Ten minutes of the actual gameplay footage is available on there. Um, it looks pretty cool. They, it, it, they did a, like a talk over thing, like as they were showing the game footage, and I'm assuming it's the developer, the lead developer, and he said, um, you know, as you're in this area, as you're zooming around on the scooter, um, you know, you encounter, uh, like, let's say, Pike members come out on bikes. You can either combat them and follow them, or at one point, the shuttle that's in um, Batu that's kind of sitting over top of um, the Ronto Roasters place, it flies overhead, and, and he said, you can either go off this way and follow these two guys, you can follow the ship to where it leads and see what happens. So the ability to make choices and make decisions within the game, much like what you do in Grand Theft Auto, um, is just open. And you can do whatever you want to do in Star Wars. So it's pretty cool. So um, 
Hey, I'm all about character customizations, so hopefully they have something more than a poncho. Look, I'm going to call it first right now. Uh, the first mod that's ever going to come out for this is going to be Grand Theft Bantha, uh, <laughs> where it's just nothing but Banthas. They replace everything with Banthas, because, you know, I've played some of those GTA mods, and they're just bonkers. <laughs> just people, like, zipping around on Banthas, like, full speed. Like a Bantha. <laughs> nice nice yeah i'm looking forward to it though but we gotta wait until 2024 they didn't say if it's early they didn't yeah. say if it's late no real release date yet just the year yeah i'm excited so go check though. it out star wars outlaws should be a lot of fun i like ubisoft I'm games i'm excited to play it yeah for sure um all right well let's um let's dive in here a little bit so we got dale on here dale has been kind enough to bless us with his time to come on talk a little bit of um 501st stuff a little bit of uh, arch city squad ohio garrison stuff um and costuming in general this is something that um i know we've talked about on the show a couple times um you know i've i've got the tie pilot i've got a couple other things i'm working on right now um and i know you guys have have brought it up as far as like potentially getting into it at some point maybe we're, maybe mando mercs or something to that effect but um it was um it was it's just nice to have him on here and nice to get a, another voice in here other than just me <laughs> that that gets to talk about some of the fun things that we get to do uh from time to time. So uh well welcome. Welcome, sir. So Thank yeah, thanks me. for coming. Uh, welcome. So when um let's go back let's go back to kind of the early days when you're a youngin and a little one. When did you first kind of fall in love with Star Wars or what is your first recollection memory of Star Wars as a kid? So I'm going to say something controversial here. Uh, my first memory was of Star Trek. Oh, okay. Strangely enough. That's all right. Um, so when you... Get him out of here. The, yeah, I, show's I, over. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, listen, listen. Hear me out. Hear me out, okay? Before I get uh, thrown in the starlight pit. Um, I actually started out as a huge Star Trek fan. And for a while, like I had this aversion to Star Wars. But only in later years, I think probably around mid you know high school is when i really started getting in you know getting down with the wars as so people would say okay and from that point on uh as i you know started playing like tabletop games and things like that that's kind of where i started to fall in love more and more with star wars and eventually when i was living over in england it was my first interaction with the 501st legion it was the uk garrison okay and i just saw that and i was like all right all right all right i love this i love this i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna hard commit but yeah and those guys are always like the first, because um, I mean, so much was filmed over there and so much was created um, in the UK that they're really on the forefront of a lot of those things when it comes to costuming or design or anything Star Wars related in that, that realm. You know, it was interesting um, when I was over in England, my you know love for the wars had been like, you know, fully ingrained into me like it is now. Um, I when we were going to conventions and stuff over there, essentially what well, this was before force awakens came out too. Um, so you'd see all the great actors. You even see Mark Hamill over there. Mm -hmm. Um, and their conventions are not like how they are over here. They actually do them in football stadiums or like, you know, soccer stadiums where they have the entire concourse and mm -hmm. they have all of the, you know, actors and guests, you know, all along. So I saw people like, you know, Kenny Baker. I saw, you know, Peter Mayhew. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much everybody barring Harrison Ford was there. Like, you uh, have like in their booths, or are they yeah. just walking around chilling? And... Yeah, they'd be walking around chilling too. Oh. <laughs> you know, they, it, everybody and anyone. And I'm just like still kicking myself for mm. not getting all of their autographs. 
because Dave Prowse after a while stopped traveling and couldn't make it anywhere. So he yeah. stayed over there for those last couple years. So, um, so that's cool though. Did you have a, uh, costume approved while you were in England and were you a member of the UK garrison or did that all happen so, after you moved back? So I actually got my first costume approved with the Ohio garrison. Hmm. Um, what it was is that my I was you know living over in England with my former spouse and you know we I, I didn't really know anybody over there. It's not um, I mean yeah we had Facebook and everything, but it's not as interconnected as it was today. Um, and the UK garrison is like spread out through all out the entire country. So the only time I ever interacted with these guys is when we would go to conventions. I was like what once a year. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's you know been in the Legion for a while can tell you the same story. Um, after. Uh, uh, we left England, I moved to Virginia and, you know, I kind of met up with Garrison Tyrannus a few times, but didn't really get into it. It was only after, you know, uh, me and my ex separated and moved over to Ohio is like when one of my buddies at the time was like, so it seems as though that you've got some disposable income and you need to make some friends. (laughs) Uh, that's kind of how I got introduced (laughs) to the Ohio Garrison. And I, my first costume was approved in September of 2017. Okay. Cool. What was your first one? Same one everyone does. High reserve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> the, the gateway costume. It is. It is. It's um because you do your first troop in the tie reserve, and then you feel very underdressed, and like I need armor. I need to be protected and something around me, and it's it's kind of odd. It it is basically like a gateway drug. Well, it it never stops actually because it's like as soon as you do that, and you're like, okay, then you get some armor. And then you're feeling really great in armor. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, somebody comes in with you know this the new the new hotness. Like my first uh, armor kit was a Tie Fighter pilot, and it was more of a matte black versus that gloss. Yeah. So as soon as I started seeing the gloss guys show up, I was like, "Are I the poor cousin? This is terrible." <laughs> Down out with the matte black in with the gloss. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So you were late coming into the the Star Wars game then, essentially, yeah. like really late. Like if it's if you're talking. Are we talking like prequels, like that area, or like after prequels, actual like sequel trilogy? Uh, I came in, I remember seeing the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't remember seeing Phantom Menace. Uh, I, my mom did take me to go see Attack of the Clones, and then over at East, uh, over at Len- AMC Lennox back mm-hmm. in the day, um, before it got shut down, uh, we went and saw opening night of Revenge of the Sith. And I was in high school when Revenge of the Sith came out. But, okay. you know, it, it you never really saw the Ohio Garrison much in those days. Like, you'd only see, you'd have to go and seek them out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like we're, like, Arch City, where we're kind of, like, on every corner now and right. slowly taking over the world. <laughs> but we just said, oh, <laughs> Slowly but gradually. This world's wine glass. Um, yeah, we... Um, so in comparison as far as the number of events that like we do annually to like maybe what like they're doing in the UK is it a drastic difference because it seems like I mean we do things small things oh, yeah. to big things are they more in like geared towards doing larger cons and things like that or do they do kind of the smaller things as well well uh, honestly i couldn't tell you cuz it's interesting like when you're the best way to put this when you're interconnected on the garrison level um you can see everything like all the other squads are doing no problem but as soon as you kind of step out of that garrison squad level unless you're like 
plugged into what the other like, garrisons, especially the ones that are over in Europe are doing, you really have no idea what they're doing outside of like the major convention stuff. Mm. Um, I can tell you that, you know, they were mostly at every con that I, I was ever at. Uh, I do know that they do do charity work very similar to what we do. It's just, I don't know what the frequency is and, you know, gotcha. yeah, no, but I, I, you know, I've got a couple guys over there and, you know, they're pretty good people. So mm-hmm. probably doing the same exact thing we are. <laughs> true. Very true. So when, um, so coming in late to the game then for Star Wars stuff, what, um, what's your favorite, like, and I'm, you've gone back and watched everything. I'm assuming at this point, what's your favorite Star Wars film and why? And, uh. You know, honestly, I I'm gonna go out and say solo. Oh, I'm gonna wow. say solo. Okay. And the reason why I'm gonna say solo is because everyone thinks that that my favorite movie is Empire or Revenge of the Sith, and I'm gonna say solo. Um, the reason why I like solo so much is because it was a movie that dared to be different. It it was along the same lines of Rogue One, and I think honestly the reason why Solo got the amount of hate that it did was because it came out right after Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of backlash of the fandom about that. But when I sat down and I watched Solo, I put myself in a perspective of, like, does everyone remember being 18? And, like, Barely. Like being, eight, being an 18-year-old. <laughs> Justin, I'm I know old. that's probably pretty foggy. <laughs> this is really hard for me. <laughs> well, I mean, like, look, I want you to think about Black it. Black and white. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're vaguely. Old, you know, you've got the keys to your first car, and you think you can do everything. And you're absolutely 100% sure that whatever it is you do is going to work out and you've got that level of cockiness. And that's what Solo delivered on. Because everybody remembers Harrison Ford as this rootin' tootin' gunslinger who's got that level of sly um, and he's on his game and whatever he tries to do, he pulls off. But here you've got this younger version of Solo and it's like you knew exactly what was going to happen right when he tried to pull that, like, uh, take the speeder through the TIE fighter factory and he got stuck on the walls and mm-hmm. then it just sank. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it looks like here's all this cocky and arrogance to see how far got him in the Imperial system. Like, like I was in the theater, you know, we're like, oh, okay, cool. We're going to cut to a scene where he's, you know, doing the Imperial TIE fighter. Oh, hell no. We're going to space Vietnam, like right <laughs> off the right, bat right. with like, and, and like all of that music and everything. And you're like, oh, cool. Uh, that was, I, I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to do that costume, that costume, that costume. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the Chewbacca scene where he meets Chewie. And then you've got, then they introduce, you know, his mentor, Tobias Beckett. Then you've got Lando, mm-hmm. L3. You've got all of them. And it really shows that this person we see, um, who's an integral part of the Star Wars saga, Skywalker saga going forward, all of these people that shaped him as who he was. Um, Strangely enough, I mean, I'm, you know, Darth Maul kind of pop it in there. I'm like, it's like this dude is like, he's not going to go away. He's like a bad rash. <laughs> and, you know, you've got Kira and it just. Yeah. It, it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah That's a good choice. That's a solid choice. Did you like the we Kessel Run? Just... Uh, I would have. I did. I actually, I, you know what? I really did. He paused there for a minute. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you have to just like think about what you're saying because you know you can fly off the hip. But I, I love the Kessel Run. I love the fact that it was very Han's style, where it's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going the regular route. And he even flips the Falcon a few times and like blows up a Tie Fighter. And yeah, they set Lando's little 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 closet of capes on fire too. I'm like, that's <laughs> dude. This was a ride. Let's go. Yeah. 
by the time they well, I can't remember the planet that they were taking the coaxium to to Saverine Saverine to refine by the time they got it there it was a hot mess um yeah that ship was Seconds torn spare. up yeah and and Enfys Nest was awesome like we the, all agree the on the that pirates mm-hmm. yeah and Enfys mm-hmm. Nest was awesome like yeah. and then we got Saw Gerrera again I'm like I can I can I get more Enfys Nest please? nice deception what'd you guys think of him and Andor I kind of liked the younger Saw in yeah. Andor because he's still angry, but he's still trying to do it himself. But then somebody kind of and Luthen kind of put him in his place. I appreciate that was every my take on it. Of Saw uh, I'm I'm gonna be real with you, man. Like when he was responsible for killing killing my boy Tech, uh, that's where I that's where my love for Saw Gerrera went out the hill. Uh, like, yeah. I'm like Saw, your stupidity and anger has mm-hmm. cost us. Lost us our boy. It was funny. We we kind of talked about tech and Bad Batch um, on here and how that whole season led to, was leading down that path of tech being the fall guy at the end of this. Um, there was just too many episodes and too many moments with tech. Um, you know, he got a actor. love interest. He got, he had all the things going for him. He tried and then, to force me to care about him. Yep. I thought it was going to be Echo. Like I remember talking to our uh, our CEO the other night. Uh, actually, well, like right before the the finale aired, and I was like, "Well, they're not going to kill Crosshair because Crosshair has all this story because now he's you know mm-hmm. flipped from the Empire. And now he's going he's going to go hang out with the Bad Batch." I'm like, "So who is the one that has the least amount of character development, but has a bunch of other character development throughout most of the Clone Wars as a story that you mm-hmm. just you know kind of get rid of and won't kill anything?" It's yeah. it was Echo, but you know Dave Filoni's like. Oh, you like this character? Let me fix that. <laughs> I think I said Echo in one of our early versions of predictions of Bad Batch. Everybody's like, they're going to kill him again? And I'm like, yeah, kind of. I think so. So uh, it did not come true, though. So I think we uh, accidentally right, so we- manifested it because we kept complaining about how Tech and Echo had the same, a very similar skill set. And that yeah, Tech was there's really no reason it. to have them both around. Tech was really annoying yep. that one that one uh, stretch of episodes. So we were all kind of like, "Oh, I th- I feel like our the our our uh, you know light uh, disdain for him was manifested him being the one that got the axe." It could be. I haven't lost any sleep. So we, Lucasfilm is always listening. So hmm. yeah, yeah they've got ears <laughs> We have noticed that on this the show, they are always listening. <laughs> yeah, those scumbags um, at Hasbro. <sighs> hey, so since we talked about, about her, I have to I have to say before we move on to something else that just once again, um Envis Nest is the biggest missed opportunity, man, in the Star Wars uh universe. You do not cast someone as beautiful as Aaron Kellyman and put her under a mask for the whole movie. You don't do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Give it time, man. We need we need uh we need a um, sequel with no mask. I mean, Andor is getting a season two. You never know. Could be. She'll prop up somewhere. I mean, it's too cool of a character not to. Yeah, totally. So, might take a couple of years, but yes. Um, all right, so going back to Solo, would you say that that's, is Han Solo your favorite character? Oh, heck no! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who's, um, your, who's your favorite character? Um... Man, like, there's so many different flavors of favorite character. Like, uh, you could have, you know, who's your favorite rebel? Who's your favorite imperial? Uh, yeah. Um, I actually, I never really gravitated towards the 
um, named characters themselves. I was always a big fan of the Troopers. Um, Corn Boatman number three. Um, yes, we're big yes. fans of him uh, as well. Yes, uh, who was it's the, actually Corn Corn Boatman's brother, unnamed Corn Boatman's it. brother is the <laughs> official name. So, yeah. who's the Door Tech guy in Jedi Survivor? Oh, like I, I, some, there was a named boss. Yeah, he was a scout trooper. I th- apparently, I think it was a joke. I don't know. <laughs> he actually I, had a name. Yeah, there was. I yeah, it was, internet it was, gave him a name. No, no, no. It was Joshua. in the game. Oh. Josh will Google it. Well, no, I I, 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 pl- I finished the game, um, and I know exactly who Dale's talking about, um, but now I can't remember what his name was. It, was it Matt, the radar tech? No, it was not that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good reference, though. I would have lost it. So you, you gravitate towards the non-named characters, right? Oh, like, yeah. as the cool character. Do you have, like, a least favorite character? Mm. Everyone's going to expect me to say Jar Jar Banks, but I'm not. Um, I think honestly, Jar Jar Binks was the most integral part of the entire Star Wars saga. Um, because you know, without him, no emergency powers. Uh, but that's a mm-hmm. rant for another day. Ugh. And I'm not going to do the cop out and say Rose Tico because you know I, I see where Rose was coming from. I see why they put the character Rose Tico in the film. Um, least favorite Mon Mothma. Really? Yeah. Mon wow. Mothma. Okay. Um, I know. Yeah, but blow, blow a couple <laughs> minds there. Mon Mothma <laughs> is my least favorite character, and I, you know, when you see Mon Mothma in Return of the Jedi, it's like, all right, cool. Here's the actual person who's running the Rebel Alliance, and this is a you know commanding authority, authority presence. You know, somebody who knows how to read the room and how to speak in the room. But then they started backfilling things with Mon Mothma, and you see Mon Mothma again during Rebels. And, you know, you've got some good parts of Mon, and she's, you know, kind of going there further and foremost. But then when, you know, Ezra gets cornered by Thrawn, and you see Mon, it's like, well, we're going to try to get fair treatment for the prisoners. And I'm like, okay, so that's not going to happen, Mon. Just going to blow that out there. And then you see Mon in Andor, and you see how, like, reluctant and then you see how much arm twisting Luthen really has to do to get Mon to actually commit to something. Mm. And then I think the cherry on top of this Sunday was that one specific episode of Mandalorian season three, uh, Tong's days. Am I right? Um, where you have Dr. Pershing going through the rehabilitation program and, you know, spoiler alert gets, you know, you know, gets mm-hmm. scrambled towards the end. But all the bits and pieces, like here's the amnesty program, here's the imperial, here's the disarmament, here's all of these other things, where it's like you see, and then you you see this entire history of Mon Mothma, and then you see what happens afterwards. Like the the New Republic doesn't even last thirty years before mm-hmm. they literally crumble under themselves, and you've got a you know guy who's like you know eighty pounds soaking wet with a labor like saber built like this look like a toy and they're like running the show with a you know guy who looks like goldfinger and you're like how how you've got all these cool guys who like gave and sacrificed how many bothans died to make this new republic happen mm-hmm. and it's just gone yeah and i'm like yeah no mon mothma okay right off the bat okay mothma. that makes yeah. that makes more sense now that i've heard it uh explained yeah. so she does get take called, back I mean, my Luthen. surprise face uh, <laughs> I mean, Luthen kind of called her out, and then Saw was always calling her out in Rebels and um, in other places. So, you know, basically trying to get her, I 
I think to be tougher than what she was or be understand the fight that she was fighting. I would argue that they all needed each other, but you know, that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Saul Guerrero Honestly, never like, yeah. would have overthrown the empire by himself. It was, not, it was never going to no. happen with him alone. Well, I think uh, the reason why Saw Gerrera didn't beat out Mon Mothma on that list is because of Borgullet. I mean, like, Mon Mothma got, is, gets more and more annoying. I mean, Mon Mothma could be completely different in Andor Season 2. Um, but, and Saw Gerrera is just as equally as annoying and odd to me. But Saw Gerrera has, like, the brain control slug thing, Borgullet, where it's mm-hmm. like, take him to Borgullet. Mm-hmm. It's like, kind of just, like, slithers out there and does his weird thing and it was like the one black series figure i wanted but I never got i wanted a oh, poor gullet <laughs> typical they house a, bro. they made a moloch Typi- they made a moloch and i'm yeah. like I, I, screw this guy where is my board <laughs> you gullet, got no poor gullet um you did get uh bodie rook um Finally. but not yeah but not Finally. uh not poor gullet so um good point that's interesting i've not not heard that not any heard anybody say mon mothma that's, yeah that's a cool take though like and you know on the show we 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 talk about everybody has different takes on star Wars of things that they like, things that they don't like. It's all good. Like everybody's interpretation of star Wars, mostly good. And whether, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you take it. I mean, you can take people that really did not like, um, relax with um, your both sides rhetoric, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some takes uh, rise that are of Skywalker, but you could go look, I like ships. I, I will say I liked aliens. When you said not Jar Jar Binks or not Rose Tico, I thought, well, those are the two lowest hanging fruit. And I, w- mm. I the only thing you could have said that would have made me roll my eyes harder than one of those characters if you would have said Kathleen Kennedy, that would have rolled my eyes harder. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, Admiral Holdo. I, I literally uh, I have a Jar Jar Binks shirt right here that I was going nice. to show you guys. Nice the Gungan Prince, gotta- baby. <laughs> I'll, I'll raise you, all right? I got up, uh, I think it was 2000, yeah, uh, 2021, uh, New Year's Eve, going into 2022. Um, I had a New Year's Eve party. Everyone was still sleeping off the night before. I got up at 7 o'clock in the morning, went down to a Target, and picked up a Black Series Deluxe Jar Jar Binks right when I hit the shelf. And I was glad I got there, and I thought no one else was going to be there, mm-hmm. but there was a line out the door, and people were fighting for it. Really? Jeez. Yeah, man. I, I, was, I was surprised. Mm. I was really surprised. I would I hate to tell all those I'm... people I got one at Ollie's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, if you haven't checked your local Ollie's yet, huh. you can find the Deluxe Saw Guerrera there for $10 I almost right got now. one of those the other day, and I haven't even bought a figure yeah. in... A long time, and they had tons of him there. Um, they did have a couple of the Jin Ursos too, um, the newly repackaged Jin Urso Black Series as well. But like that was 45. oh, and the Moff Gideon Credit Collection hmm. that was at least at our Ollie's up off, uh, right around the corner from here. So, um, all right. So you said you got into. I'm going to go back to costuming here a little bit and shift gears. Um, you said you got into about 2017 was when you had your yeah. first one approved. Yeah, about there. Um, so you've been doing it for what are we on to six seven years now roughly five yeah I celebrated five years last year and we're in September I'm walking into num- year number six jeez um what were um what were some of the biggest challenges I guess when you first started looking into it and you you first said this is what I want to do what were some of the challenges that you hit in that journey like in in Thai pilot we can say yes that's the easiest one to get into but there are some 
challenges related to that just to you know you got to piece things together you got to find things you personally like when you said i want to get into costuming were there any challenges that that made it hard for you to get into it uh well the hardest part that uh, the hardest part that you know was for, for me was uh money 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 <laughs> yeah uh so yeah, there's a price involved that's for sure there, there is, there is. You have to play. You have to pay the iron price, so to speak. But um, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I don't want to turn anybody off from the idea of joining the Five First Legion. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, at the time, uh, it was 2016-ish, um, and you know, I had just gotten divorced, and you know, just moved into a new apartment, stuff like that. And you know, I had my guy who was like, "Yeah, join the Legion, join the Legion, join the Legion," and um, and I was like, "All right, cool. Well, I'm going to commit to it." Mm-hmm. And then I had to wait for the tax return to come in, as you know, most. You know, what's really strange. <laughs> what's really strange here is like I had already been I had you know been married previously for like six years beforehand, and, but here I am jumping in on the ground level like somebody who was like maybe ten years younger than me, right? Mm-hmm. And you know I, I waited for the tax return to come around, and then I went and bought a Tie Fighter kit from um, from one of the makers, and at that time I started piecing together parts of the, the costume. I, you know, got the boots, you know, got the the flight suit and all that other stuff. But it, it that honestly, money was the one that kind of you know put me back from it because I had all these people at the time be like, oh yeah, you know, we'll build it together. We'll you know, you'll learn all these skills and stuff like that. And uh, we can definitely get into that part. But I, I would think that money was the hardest mm-hmm. part of the time. Yeah, um, I feel that. What I found is that there's. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh Josh. no, I just said I feel that. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is. Same. It is one of the biggest challenges, and like I would say, the type pilot is probably one of the easiest to get into um inexpensively yeah, yeah most definitely. um the game costume maybe the the rebel the x-wing pilot oh no no that one's no, more expensive no oh, no no, no no that one's far harder Ooh. um and it's far more expensive okay um i did uh, a couple months ago i had a very serious thought i was like all right cool um i want to sit down and do an a-wing pilot right because mm-hmm. you know a-wings are cool and you know, I had a bunch of friends with Rebel Legion, and they're kind of twisting my arm to do it. So I sat down and started looking out all of it. And even the X-wing is crazy expensive because you have to get the flight suit, then you have to get all this extra stuff made for the you know the front of the suit. Then you got to get mm-hmm. the chest box, and then you have to get the helmet, and all harnesses, those other whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, huh. And you know, the Rebel Legion's approval process is completely different from ours. So it's like you can. It's not like you have a, a judge to approve your costume in your state i've actually i've i've never run into somebody in the rebel legion who actually had a judge in their own state nine times out of ten is either somebody out of state or hmm. not even in the same country oh, wow. and it kind of it it took me aback from you know sitting down and being like okay well you know i'm gonna i'm gonna you know put all this money in this costume to have it kind of to run that gauntlet so to speak mm-hmm. Um, it, it is the, the tie reserve is one of the easiest to get into. I'm trying to think if there's another one that's relatively easy. I've had somebody say Jawa before, but that's a lot of, uh, so the Jawa could be, I mean, it really just depends. I mean, I think the tie reserve is probably the easiest and fastest way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when I, when I look at costumes, I don't look at how much they're initially going to cost me. I'm going to look at, you know, what kind of value I'm going to get out of that costume going forward. Um, so when every time somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to join the 501st, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, so, and then they tell me, it's like, well, you know, that the amount of money for this costume, it seems really expensive and it really steep at the time. And I look at them and say, well, your armor actually has resale value down the line. 
Mm -hmm. um, because you could could always resize armor. You can always change things up. Like if you sold somebody a stormtrooper and it had like a few dings or dents, here you go. Then you can do either a remnant trooper or you can do a sand trooper. Yeah. And the same goes with like ties, snow troopers, uh, scouts because they've got the remnant version. I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, sometimes soft parts can like transfer over. Um, I've sold. I've, I sold my TIE fighter, fighter kit to somebody down in Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, I sold my mud trooper to another squad member here. Mm -hmm. um, you, and especially when you say, especially when it's built to a 501st standard, you, you actually can get your initial investment back. But I, you know, mm -hmm. but when it comes to the Jawa, that can be kind of harder to, you know, get your quote unquote value back out of it because it's typically mm -hmm. tailored to somebody and it's not like a burlap sack to put over again. Right. So. Right. Right. Makes sense. Um, also, a very hot costume. Uh, it's very hot, especially for summer troops. Um, how many kits? How many kits do you currently own right now? Um, currently, that's a rough question. Uh, I have parts to do because I, I I have the snowtrooper finished. Yeah. I also have a Minban officer from Solo, Docker. <laughs> um, that one's. I love that costume so much. Um, I have parts to do uh, a mud trooper um, that's been sitting in the basement for oh going on two years now. You know, I said I was going to do a version two mud trooper and I was going to do an iCat driver, but I think one of our squad members is probably going to be buying my uh, tanker helmet. Okay. Um, and I started collecting pieces for a scout and uh, non-approvable costumes. I do have a Matt the Radar Tech costume. <laughs> nice. I also have a Boomite guy and uh, I both. Oh, Actually, um, I might actually be the hallway jeans guy from Mandalorian right now. Um, <laughs> That's good. You just stand yeah. halfway how, behind the door like this. How many yeah. approved kits have you had over the years? Uh, let's see. Uh, so here's here's the funny part. When you, when we, we joke about the tie reserve being the, the gateway costume, that basic flight suit and that boot does that pair of boots and the you know the, the, belt, the belt and everything mm -hmm. you could do run like five or six different costumes off of it so before my tie was even done i actually had gotten the parts to do a an imperial gunner and there's five different versions of that but you they they're not all different costumes and then i had the imperial bridge crewman which was like here's a hat like this is how this was it's like you have everything with the tie reservist but no gloves Right, uh, and then you have the Navy trooper, which has the giant shovel helmet, and then there's the Tie Fighter pilot. There's other flavors of Tie Fighter pilot. I think at one point I had, I went to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago with six different costumes, Ooh. and they all fit in my bin. <laughs> and people, people are like, how did you do that? It's like, well, you know, I was a Tie Fighter pilot. They're like, I see how you did that. Right. Good lord. Um. I would say in, in my Legion career, quote unquote, let's see here. I have about, I think my seven, like eight or nine costumes I had approved at one point. Wow. Um, my, my favorite one right now is the Snowtrooper. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the Minban Officer. But then after the Scout is done, I, I've also got a regular officer I'm building too. Is uh, one of our, one of our squaddies, she hosted a massive like squad, mm -hmm. you know, officer build program where it's like, Picture this, okay? You've got 15 people in a room in this Victorian mansion's attic, and they're all building officers. They're all cutting patterns of officers. And it is an assembly line of officers, and a couple of them actually have finished so far. Uh, I actually had to miss a couple because I was doing squad business, mm -hmm. but, uh, I mean, the cut and the build, like, the cut and the quality are fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely 
asked and all in just one person's well yeah like attic space yeah. on a sunday afternoon and she's a professional seamstress so mm-hmm. like when she pitched the idea to me i was like i am very interested to see how well this is going to work out and you know it worked out rather well um and yeah if you have someone who can actually sew well like that you could save a lot of money on cutting a pattern to fit yeah. you rather than buying it from a maker well, I can tell you right now, she is my go-to seamstress for anything because I can build armor really well. I can paint really well. I can weather crates really well. I cannot sew at all. Mm-mm. None whatsoever. No, that's probably my, my weakness. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do that part. Um, so if you, had, uh, if you had any bit of advice for somebody looking to get into the 501st or maybe any one of the costuming uh, organizations as a whole, what would that advice be? Uh, for somebody brand new who knows Star Wars and really loves the the hobby and everything, or mm-hmm. okay, because that, that could go with a variety of questions, in my opinion. Um, for me, like when we meet somebody, say for example, we're at a con and somebody comes up and says, "Hey, I want to join the five first. The first advice I could give them is, don't run out and buy a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. The reason why we say that is, you you want to, I so so what we do down here in our city. Um, this may be different in other places if you're, you know, somebody in the five person is listening. But when we start working with a mentee or just somebody who just wants to jump up, I, I get to get their Facebook details or anything like that. And I encourage them, hey, um, before you buy anything, give us a call. Let us know what's going on. And the reason is, is because we do not want them to go out and sink two grand on a stormtrooper and find out that that stormtrooper does not meet the 501st standards. And we... And also at the same time, too, is we don't necessarily we want to bring them into our family because our squad is a family, period. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no ifs and what's about about that. It's phenomenal. I don't want to I don't want that mentee to miss out on the experience that we have you know fostered built here. So we you know tell them, you know, this is what you want to buy. This is the best thing you want to do. This is something that will fit your you know, body type or your skill level. When it gets comes here, let us know. We'll do a build party and then we'll kind of like bring them into our family bit by bit. So, it, you know, back to the original question, like the best advice I can give anybody is just don't just run out and buy something. Go get with your, you know, squad or your local garrison or a mentor and be like, all right, do your research. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and do your research with, you know, somebody who's going to be there too, um, to, you know, kind of help you along. Mm-hmm. So that way you get the full experience going forward. Because the worst thing you could possibly do is, as I said, you know, go sink two G's on a stormtrooper, find out it's not approvable, and get all salty about it. Because um, I've seen it happen many times um and you know what kind of what i what i tell people here is when they when somebody new joins the legion right uh you there was life before that person came and this is especially true with our city um a, a great example is um our buddy tom when mm-hmm. he joined i didn't know him from adam mm-hmm. but after like a couple weeks i could not imagine life without him and mm-hmm. same goes for you yeah. Same goes for everybody I've met in the Legion so far. And you that's that's the reason why I you know really drill down the idea of like, you know, work with us, come and be a part of us, be a part of our family. You get the whole experience, man. Mm-hmm. The whole experience. Yeah. Uh I remember it was, it was speaking of Thai Reserve, Tom was at Kosai, uh Scum and Villainy in the Thai oh, Reserve, nice. and I think that was his first um and I was there, so I was giving him a lot of feedback on my kit and what I was wearing and yeah. That 
kind of spiraled him down this. <laughs> he, he had the same feelings I did. Like, I need armor. I need to expand. This has to be more. So, well, like, yeah. he, he won up to you. Now he's got a TK. So, I do about that. I know. I know. I gotta get on it. Um, there are, we have, we actually in Ohio, we have Ohio Garrison Academy on Facebook. So, yes. Um, you do not have to be a member to get into it. You do have to join it. Um, but you just have to answer some questions. And for those that are looking to maybe get into, the 501st can go to Ohio Garrison Academy, ask questions. Members are on there um, and kind of, yeah, we can kind of shepherd you and steer you in the right direction of, of what you maybe want to do. So well, the Facebook group is actually a really great way for, you know, um, squad leaders, um, squad. Le- so a little bit of backstory here. Um, for those you who don't know, um, the 501st, how it's organized is that every, every chapter has something called a, either a garrison or an outpost. Uh, if memory serves me correctly, uh, garrisons have 30 members. I think outposts have like 15? I can't really count off the top. Mm. I don't remember off the top of my head. But essentially, after that, uh, there are garrisons that are large enough or spread out enough where they have either uh, things called squads. And squads are basically 10 people. In Ohio, we have uh, four squads. Up in Cleveland, we have the Burning River Squad. In Dayton, we have the Gem City Squad. In Cincinnati, uh, we have the River Valley Squad. And here in Columbus, we have the Arch City Squad. So when all those squads happened and they all you know, became cohesive, like little, little families and all of themselves, what I've seen happen is when the Garrison Academy um, got a new member, the, you know, co- one of the costume jubs, judges would message that squad leader and be like, hey, this guy's in your area, you want to reach out to him. And how it worked before the squads came about is that you would post up on, you know, the Facebook group and be like, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. And sometimes you'd get somebody, sometimes you didn't. My first mentor um, was assigned to me, and this was about six, easily six, seven mm-hmm. years ago, was assigned to me, never met her once mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But every single time somebody signs up on the Ohio Garrison Academy, uh, I get the message, start talking to them. I've actually, yeah, actually this morning when I was drinking a cup of coffee, I went through all my list of all of my cadets and, you know, reached out to me like, hey, I haven't heard from you in a minute. Um, what are you working on right now? Do you want to come to a build party? Hell, do you just want to come hang out? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's a big thing, too, is just hanging out, um, doing Star Wars stuff or working on stuff, building sets, building. Um, Go to pens, mechanical. Pen, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just fun stuff. So it's all good. Doing, um, doing hood rat shit with my friends. That's what all I want to <laughs> pretty do. much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. And, and, uh, you know, Dale's point, like I came in, I didn't know anybody in the garrison. Now, like after you get in there for a little bit and you start hanging out with people, it, it, it's, it's, it's quick. Like the friendship grows very quickly. And like, you know, we've got our group chat that's just never ending. The it's subway. It's always going like, it's just people in and out and it's on different things. So, um, so you it's actually, cool. uh, touched on a really interesting point there. So two things about, I think that I, I think, you know, people, you know, your listeners know about um, the great thing about Art City. And I can't I'm not I, I don't really know how the other squads, you know, work. I don't know what the inner details are, but I can tell you um, when Art City formed, we had 19 members, the original 19. Mm-hmm. We started a group chat, Facebook group chat. Uh, we shared a bunch of, you know, costuming, mostly memes. Um, mm-hmm. And after a while, we hit 42 members and soon to be 43 and 44 in the pipeline. And, you know, everybody's on that group chat, like barring like maybe two or three people. And I, it kind of picked up the nickname, the subway, where it's like the train is always running. <laughs> you either jump on it 
and catch <laughs> it where you get off on the stop and keep going. Um, and, you know, for a while, a lot of people were like, why do you guys have a group chat? That seems kind of crazy when you have Facebook and stuff. But uh, pretty soon we're actually getting ready to start our own Discord channel. And that's going to be another great place to, you know, dump memes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the great thing about that group chat is is that it's typically the first place that we find out that one of our squaddies is in trouble mm-hmm. or is having, you know, rough go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of our squad members, uh, his son is having some medical issues and, you know, says like, hey, you know, we're looking for a kidney and a bunch of people went out and got tested. You know, one person, you know, they were, she was like, you know, hey, I'm going through a rough time. I'm, I'm getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our entire squad just kind of like, you know, growled around her like, no, we, we got you, bro. It's our family. Mm-hmm. You know, when my father died. Like, uh, what do you need? Yeah. You know, and like, you know, when my dad died like a couple weeks ago, literally, it's like all hands on deck, red alert, you know, and, you know, people showed up at the funeral and everything. And, you know, honestly, I could not put a price on it. Mm-hmm. that is in, in six years of the of, of being a legion. Um, that is, those are my people. You're my, you're, you're my dude. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I would not trade that for all the shiny Star Wars kits and Black Series stuff on the face of the planet. Cause like, it's, it's immeasurable. <sighs> it is, it is, it's immeasurable. It's, um, something that, that is nice to have when you need it. Yeah. More so than something physical or tangible. Yeah. So, 100%. 100%. Yep. Um, and it is, it's, it's, um, you know, what do you need? What can we help with? What can we do? Um, yeah. you know, even something simple as building set stuff for like, Hey, you know, we, we, we need like $10 or $5 yeah. from people to build stuff and it, yeah. it, people come out of the woodwork. So it's great. So, um, you know, I think you hear a lot of things, uh, at times, uh, about different groups or costuming things and, and like any, any bit of the experience that I've had since I've joined. Yeah has been nothing but positive so um and i know there there's going to be people out there who are you know going to hear this and they may roll their eyes at it and be like well you know i've heard something different i was like well everybody has a different experience um everybody when it comes to everybody you everybody decides their own level of involvement they get what they want out of it um i have run into so many phenomenal people who come into this hobby and you know they instantaneously click um, and then so there are other people who are like, you know what, this is not really my thing. And they just kind of move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell people out there who are listening right now, joining the five of first legion was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Yeah. Agree. Um, pretty strong. Speaking sales of pitch. Five of first. Yeah. <laughs> Solid, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I got, I got trade, I got cards in my mm-hmm. vest. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I think that goes for, for a lot of the other ones too. Rebel Legion, Mando Mercs. Yeah. Um, I, I think the people that do those, I know we've got a, a pretty good, Rebel Legion crew here. We had a great partnership with them on a coin. Um, well, those guys are phenomenal on a challenge coin here for Ohio. Oh yeah, um, it, they're they're a great group. So um, yeah, get, I mean, check them out. Talk to people. That's the biggest thing. Do your research and find out more. Um, speaking of finding out more, how can people find out more about the five hundred first in general or Arch City Squad or? Well, if you have seen um, the Mandalorian. You already know everything you need to know about the five first, because <laughs> uh, you know uh, Moff Gideon's boys; those are all troopers from the California garrison. Yeah. Um, but to be serious, if you want to know more about the five first legion, uh, check us out on our website uh, legion.com. Um, then you could just run a Google search for the Ohio garrison on Google. Um, Art City Squad. You'll run a search for us. You'll most likely find our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a public one, but we do have a private one. 
Um, if you want to know more about, you know, our city squad, just kind of reach out to Garrison and go from there, especially if you're interested in joining and whatnot. Yep. Um, Josh, I think it's only fair that you ask the last question of the interview because this is always a contentious topic here on the show. Um, but I'll, I'll let you take it from here. Wow, you're actually going to let me ask the question. <laughs> is it my Never. birthday? Am I dreaming? Is this a lucid dream? <laughs> um, okay, Dale. <clears throat> The, uh, what is going on, Kyle? Sorry. Unprofessional. <laughs> um, the all-terrain armored transport uh, used by the Imperial Army uh, on the Battle of Hoth, uh, Battle of Scarif, uh, probably many other uh, notable battles. What, how would you abbreviate that? If you didn't want to say all-terrain armored transport, what would you say instead? Oh, that's that's a rough one. It's, there's um, not necessarily a right or wrong answer. It's just your what 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 do you think? Go wait in the robot camel. Best <laughs> <laughs> one. He went with option three. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah, not take a side. Hmm. Right, <laughs> robot camels. Now we we just call we normally call them ad ads. Um, yeah, go wait in the ad ads. Team ad at. Team ad at. <laughs> well, I, I keep joking. We'll with some accept of my, Imperial uh, Walker as a backup. Yeah, like I keep joking with some of our, you know, our, mm-hmm. some of our squaddies and stuff like that. You know, when they, you know, need the uh, the Walker and stuff, we'll actually put a little, you know, they add at legs on it too. So you know, they're going around trooping and be like, "Yeah, I'm an, I'm finally an add at. Let's go." <laughs> nice. So here's my follow up question: What do you what do you call it? What do you call the Chicken Walker then? Weird. That's everybody knows that. And it's an etst. That's not an atst. An <laughs> we can just call it raising canes. You never, you never <laughs> heard of the military calling different things different stuff. That's just, just how it works. Naming conventions. <laughs> there, there, there's the regular name, and then there's a the trooper name for it. And there's some very interesting names for a lot of the stuff we have, but probably shouldn't say those on a podcast. <laughs> True. Well, speaking of which, Justin, mm-hmm. I, have, I have something. You know, you wanted to know more about the five hundred first, and uh, there's there's one part that we for, we left out. What was that? Oh, you're gonna love this. Oh, see, <laughs> he got me on this. Oh, 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 he got he got me on this. Sporting the V one, the V one. Yes, yes. Is, he got uh, me on the challenge this coin. Is when audio we went to, media, uh, gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's why. That's why. You, that's why you got the uh, the microphone nearby so people can. Hear there you it. go. Um, yeah, he got me on that at the, uh, where were we? Was that Roosters? We were at Roosters. Roosters, and I, Roosters. Mine, mine was in the car, and I went, ah, oh, crap. I have never coin checked something on a podcast <sighs> before. There, there you go. There's a first. So, um, do you guys have any other questions? Any, anything else you guys want to chat with Dale about here before we let him get back to his normal life? I do. Uh, go ahead, this, I was going to ask this earlier, and then we kind of moved on to the next thing. Um, do you, have you ever done like a Star Wars, Star Trek crossover cosplay of any sort? Uh, that's classified. Oh, okay. I, classified. I've I've seen like uh, I've seen like Twilight, you know, engineering people and stuff like that at at uh, at cons, and I always think it's pretty cool. So. I've actually been thinking about doing some Star Trek cosplay, uh, mainly because I love the TNG first contact uniforms. And actually, one of our members um, actually does a really good Cisco 
Hmm. So, I mean, it, there's a possibility. There's a possibility. Nice. Very cool. Well, if you guys don't have anything else, we'll let uh, Dale get out of here. I'm going to go ahead and hit this um, outro music and wrap it up, everybody. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Well, thank you, Dale, for joining us. We appreciate it. Glad to have you on in person, live in the studio, in my house. Uh, it's basically still the, studio the studio here, so still a studio. <laughs> but thank you for coming on. Um, before we do our outros here, is there uh, anything that you want to promote? Anything that you want to get out there for the people and uh, say, hey, go check this out? Yeah, join the Five First Legion. Join the Ohio Garrison. Join the York City Squad. Come join our little family. There you go. We like grilling. <laughs> we do like grilling. We love grilling. Um, the, anyway, you, <laughs> you got me sidetracked there with grilling. Now I'm hungry. I'm with ribs. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I do like ribs. Um, get out there. Uh, you can uh, find you can find Outer Rim Beacon anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you can find us anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Outer Rim Beacon. You can email us, OuterRimBeacon at gmail.com. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at IamTheBendu. Where are they going to find you guys at? This is Josh, and I'm going to co-opt my uh, social media time to say that former critics announced their East Coast tour today. Uh, if you're going to be, if you live in Buffalo, New York, or New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, any of those places, come see us in August. Columbus, former North Northeast. Co- well, yeah, Columbus. Yeah, yeah, we're going to. I guess yeah, we are going to be in Columbus, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, on, the, on the on the way out. So uh, yeah, I, I guess I should plug Columbus with. Figuring what we're talking about today, but um, yeah, so f- cool. at former critics on Instagram and Twitter, and they can find you at Battle no, no, of no, I don't need to. I'm no. just promoting the band. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Kyle, and I am KB underscore Legend on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me at the former critics show in Columbus on uh, August eighth. Do I make that date up? It's August. It's August something. August 11th. You You said you did. We'll confirm and get back to everybody. I'll be there. Whatever day it is. I'm going to (laughs) be there. There you go. Well, as always, get out, do something Star Wars-y, and may the Force be with you. Always. Always. What Kyle said. Mm. Also (laughs) always.